Welcome back. This is the Midweek Minute episode of the Man Cave Caucus podcast. And uh, as you know, this is where we bring you the lowdown on the issues that people are talking about and discuss the the nuts and bolts of, you know, various topics that uh, people are talking about. And we want our audience to be informed about um, the things going on, especially in the legislature, but just issues that people are discussing and you'll see in the news. And and I think this issue we're going to talk about today is one uh, that really fits that description. I think it'll be interesting to our audience. Today, I have with me here in the 403A Capitol Office studio, Mr. Mike Winters, who is with the Missouri Gaming Association, correct? That is correct. All right. Good to have you here, uh, Mike. It's it's always good to have somebody with some knowledge, you know, because I don't have that much of it, uh, but it's always good to know somebody who does. And I'm one to say, hey, I know a guy. And so that's why uh, I asked Mike to come on. I think he's probably, if not the most, uh, at, at least one of the top experts with knowledge regarding Missouri gaming. And I'm glad you're willing to come out and join us on the show today. And we can have a little, you know, in-depth discussion about some of the gaming issues in Missouri. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Tell me just a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, your role with the gaming association and you know kind of what what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis uh during the legislative session and even outside of that like what what do you do with that sure and thank you for having me on look forward to our conversation uh i've been the executive director of the missouri gaming association which represents the 13 commercial casinos operating in missouri and we do both regulatory work uh, relating to the gaming commission as well as legislative work, which has brought me the opportunity to meet you uh, on some previous occasions. So we represent uh, them in a variety of matters, regulatory and legislative, and it's really a broad range of topics. Uh, when you think about casinos, if, if you've been to any of our facilities in Missouri, we offer a wide range of entertainment options for our patrons, whether it be food and beverage, hotels, obviously casino games and uh, also entertainment at depending upon the location you may you may visit so that's kind of what we do is make sure their voice is heard uh, in the regulatory as well as the legislative arena okay so there, there's been a lot of interest in these topics um, since I've been in the legislature and I'm sure it goes back before then but um, and I get asked about it a lot uh, because I think it's just one of those things that people are curious about and, and interested in and, and probably people who are involved in that or want to be involved in that. Um, so I want to do a little deeper dive on the subject of gaming kind of in general a little bit, a little bit about the history of that in Missouri and then kind of some of the specific hot topic items that's been going on in the last few years. Um, and I think that'll help our audience understands some of the the nuances uh, with the various current issues, you know, that are being debated uh, and then how that fits into, you know, gaming overall in Missouri uh, and what we, you know, we have as laws regarding that. So can you just give me a little bit of understanding on what the law is when it comes to gambling in general in Missouri? You know, is it a statutory law? Is it constitutional um, how, how did we get it? What does it cover when it comes to what we currently have in law? Sure. When you, when you look at the Missouri Constitution, three types of gaming are authorized. 
bingo, lottery, and casino gaming. And they are specifically referenced in, in the Constitution. And with that, it gives specific authority to the Gaming Commission, the Lottery Commission, to regulate those activities. So uh, it's very specific on what we can do. We can do games from the casino side. We can do games of skill or chance on our properties. And lottery activities, obviously, are scratcher tickets and, and Powerball and activities like that. And then bingo, which is also regulated by the Gaming Commission, is in your VFWs, American Legions, uh, fraternal organizations that want to have those activities. But they are all regulated mm -hmm. through some agency within state government. Okay. And specific to casino gaming, uh, the Constitution was amended in 1990. And so you saw that framework begin to take place after the Constitution was amended. It, there have been a couple of other constitutional amendments to clarify some things over the years, but that was the initial vote that uh, put casinos authorized in, this, in the Constitution. And was that a an initial petition uh, put to a vote of the people, or was that uh, uh, put to the vote of the people by the legislature back then? Those were joint resolutions passed by the General Assembly uh, and then adopted by the voters. Okay, I see. So that's another thing that, you know, sometimes people don't uh, realize is that there are different ways that we can end up with a ballot issue in front of us. Uh, and, you know, initiative petition is, is another big topic that people are talking about as well. So I just I just wanted the listeners to get a little understanding of, um, you know, the, the impetus of gaming in Missouri, where that came from and what, what all it covers. So yeah, one of our subsequent ballot measures that had to go back was done by initiative petition, but in, initially I believe it was passed by the legislature. Okay. So what does the Gaming Commission do? What What is its purpose and um, authority uh, regarding gaming in Missouri? Uh, the Gaming Commission is the regulatory agency that regulates all 13 of our casinos and all of the activities that are related to our properties. Uh, they're a state agency, created in statute, given broad rulemaking authority. So there, the General Assembly has passed parameters, but then also given the Gaming Commission authority to draft rules and regulations. And uh, they've got a, offices in Jefferson City, St. Louis, and Kansas City, and they regulate us as well as members of the State Highway Patrol. So if, if you've been on one of our gaming facilities, you may see members of the patrol, and they are pretty much support staff for the gaming commission. And, uh, they were on our facilities anytime we were open. I see. Okay. So they have some authority in, in, uh, making rules and setting regulation for the industry. Yes, they do. Yeah. And, and, and they have a, a large number of rules and regulations. And then a subset of that is what we refer to as internal controls, which are very specific things that have to be done by casinos and, and the operators. Yeah. So what that I'm I'm assuming look like is when the legislature set those parameters uh, for the gaming commission, it's outlined in statute of here's what authority you have regarding you know making those rules and setting those regulations. That's correct, and we are very highly regulated. Uh, that's the way we were initially set up when. Uh, when the constitutional amendment and the subsequent statutory language was passed, and we continue to be very highly regulated now. Okay. So one of the other questions I get a lot um, is regarding casinos. You know, how do you get a casino? How do they start? Is it is it a certain number that is allowed in Missouri, or can anyone just start a casino? You know, what, what are some of the rules and regulations when it comes to casinos? Um, because I think just 
you know, people just have this idea, I think, sometimes that it's only on Native American land or, you know, the boat, the, the riverboat gambling, you know, all of that, I think, fits into what rules and regulations we do have. But sometimes I think it just kind of gets conflated. Sure. So the, the Constitution is very clear that casinos can only be located on the Missouri and Mississippi rivers. So when you think about where the properties are, have a number of casinos in St. Louis, Kansas City, Boonville, Missouri, which is also on on the river. Uh, so any of the casinos have to be located within close proximity to the Missouri and Mississippi. And there are other activities that are other people trying to amend the Constitution to allow casinos elsewhere, but that's where we are regulated now, and it's statutorily limited to 213. Okay, I see. So... When it comes to, so in my area of the state, Southwest Missouri, we have a lot of casinos in the area, but it's in Oklahoma. So that's a different type of setup, different state laws, probably different regulation that Oklahoma has. You know, even though it's 10, 15 minutes from where I live, it's different than Missouri. And and that's one of the things too, that sometimes people don't, especially in my area, they don't quite understand, you know, well, how come we don't have any of these actually in Missouri, you know? And I try to help them explain these these are state law regulated industries uh, and they may have different laws than we do when it comes to whether it can be on Native American land or whether it has to be on the rivers in the case of Missouri, it seems. Mm -hmm. And it's not just any river. So even in the Constitution, it's lined out uh, that it's two specific rivers. Correct. Okay. We've seen efforts previously to amend it to include the White River down around uh, the Branson area, and that was a proposal that was defeated a number of years ago. So there have been attempts to expand it, but presently it's Missouri and Mississippi. Were, were those uh, also initiative petitions, or was it the legislature, or maybe maybe mixed? I, uh, I, could, I, I believe those were initiative petitions to, to attempt to amend it there. Uh, you know, and we've, we're going to talk about initiative petitions, I think, probably at some point, but there are other activities going on now relating to gaming, yeah. uh, but... Uh, that's where we are, at least at this point. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the sports betting issue. Um, you know, this is probably the number one question I get right now um, because there are several states around us who already do have sports betting. So so kind of give a just a, a little bit of an idea of what is sports betting and why don't we have it in Missouri? Sure. Uh, happy to. The uh, – in 19, or I'm sorry, 2018, the United States Supreme Court overturned a prohibition on where sports betting could take place. It was limited to Las Vegas and then one other or two other states. And the Supreme Court threw out that law. And since that time, you've seen sports betting proliferate around the country. And Missouri presently is virtually surrounded by states that authorize sports betting. Uh, but we at this point have, have not done that. So you're looking at between... 38 and 40 states around the country that have authorized sports betting, but Missouri is not one of them. And so what, is, what all does that include? Is that uh, betting online, betting on apps on your phone or in person? You know, is, is, is it cover all of that uh, when it comes to some of the laws that other states have passed and, and some of the laws that we have looked at in the legislature here in Missouri? Yeah, what's, what some of the laws have, have allowed, what you have had here in the, in the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate would have allowed for in-person in wagering at casinos as well as online betting. So uh, you would have an app on your phone and you'd be able to place bets on your phone. There are obviously safeguards to make sure that you're still over to age 21 if you have one of those apps. And uh, 
uh, there are other guidelines that, that have to be met in order to make sure the wagers are placed safely and according to the law. Yeah, I think even with uh, the, those applications, there are um, geographical uh, you know, guidelines like, you know, I know, I know when this was brought up in the legislature, I said on one of the committees that the sports betting bill came through a couple of years ago. And it was very interesting to me just to see all the different uh, parts to that. But there were people talking about in that hearing that, you know, like for instance, Illinois does have sports betting, correct? Correct. So, you know, they could drive over the line and, and place their bets, but they couldn't do it in the state of Missouri within our boundaries. And same thing. So I, I guess it's Kansas, correct? Has now has sports betting. Illinois, uh, is it Arkansas? Arkansas, Iowa. Uh, I think the only, Oklahoma may be the only state that doesn't have sports wagering. Okay, of the states that touch that border us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we only have one then that doesn't. Um, and it's been interesting to me to kind of see the the you know the fight um, regarding this issue and the 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 different. Uh, stakeholders that are in that debate, you know. Um, So talk a little bit about some of the obstacles that that has been a part of that, especially in the legislative process uh, with sports betting. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the issues that I think have been a part of that uh, discussion as well. Uh, There have been a variety of interested parties. Obviously, uh, our casinos are interested in providing some of these opportunities to our patrons because we hear, as you do from your constituents, it's like, why can't we bet? Mm -hmm. And uh, you referenced the the ability to track where bets are placed and that's called geofencing. So we can, you can actually tell when someone has attempted to place a bet in Missouri and have been prevented from doing that. And and that gets tracked. So you can imagine uh, during a chief's football game, the, the activity that you would have seen, of people attending the game wanting to place bets and they're stopped from doing that because Missouri law does not allow that. Do you have a, do you have a rough number on how many that is? You know, they were talking in the tens of thousands of bets that would have been prohibited. Now I can only imagine what that number would have been during Super Bowl weekend. It's, uh, it's got to be pretty staggering the amount of bets that were not allowed to be placed um, because we don't have that law. And it's interesting to me too the uh, I mean the the extent of some of of that when it comes to like the prop bets and I mean there are people who are betting on you know how many times the camera goes to Taylor Swift you know during the Super Bowl or uh, you know the national anthem and like all these different things that I never I never knew existed you know but people are doing that yeah and a lot of it's to drive fan engagement you know I think that's been one of the interests of the professional teams. Uh, you know, because they're very interested in seeing this done as well, uh, that they think it will drive a lot of fan engagement from beginning to to the end of a game. Now, there's one question that I do get a lot too from people that kind of fits into this, and and I really don't know. You know, I don't know because uh, I'm not a big sports guy. I don't really, I just don't have time for it to be honest. I don't I don't watch a lot of football. I watch the Super Bowl, you know, but. I might watch a handful of games in a year. You know, I used to be really involved, used to do, uh, you know, all the fantasy football and all that stuff. And and I think the problem was I'm I'm so competitive that I ended up having to put a lot of time into it because I wanted to win, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> of course, I didn't bet on it, but I just – it was just fun, you know. But um, the – I think it's interesting how, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are involved in that kind of stuff. And one, one of the questions that people have asked me is like – 
do you have concern about, you know, with sports betting? Of course, now we have data with other states doing it and, and all of this. Uh, but is there concern with people on how it could affect sports, like the outcome of games or, or any of that kind of thing? Um, I know it's it's a it's probably a question that people have, but is there any data that, that, that we have that could even speak to that? I don't know. I've not seen any data, but I, I can tell you that in the legislature uh, and the bills that you have seen, there are protections in there yes. and some safeguards to make sure that if there's irregular betting activity – that's brought to light and the regulators will look at that and, and we casinos who would be taking the majority of those bets can see some of that irregular activity. And then there are requirements if the law were to pass for, for us to pass that information along to the regulators to, to do some further. I see. So there are some guidelines uh, within the language of those bills. Um, the other thing I was going to ask too regarding that, well, we'll move on to the, to the VLTs and talk about that a little bit. So, I think the, you know, what, uh, talk a little bit about what VLTs are, uh, video lottery terminals, I think is the, the acronym there. Um, and how are they different than let's say a slot machine? Um, these are those gaming, uh, consoles that you'll see in like gas stations, right? All throughout the state. I have them a lot in my area. I have them in, in Neo show in some of the places there and, yeah, you'll see people play in those. So how, how are those different? And, and has that been a part of the debate when it comes to some of the back and forth with what's been moving through the legislature? Sure. Uh, yeah, when when bills have been filed in, in the Senate in particular from one senator, he has tied sports betting with video lottery terminal legislation. And they are very similar, if not identical, to a slot machine, which would be in a, on a casino floor. And we have got great concern, and we don't believe the law allows for games of chance like slot machines to be located outside of casinos. So that's been a lot of our concern. Plus, from the casino side, we have seen the impact because they were approved in Illinois, and we have seen the impact uh, on our properties in Illinois uh, that those, those machines have had on our businesses and the communities that we serve as well as our ability to reinvest in in our properties, maintain our employees. So we've we have typically opposed the VLT provisions when they've been attached to any of the bills here in Missouri. And uh, last year was the last attempt that was made with VLTs, and uh, we defeated that amendment pretty soundly. But the two issues seem to be tied together. We can't separate them uh, even as much as we would like to. They tend to always get joined. So so talk a little bit about the is there a disparity in the law then on regulations between casino gambling and VLTs? The the bills that have been proposed separate the two. Right. Casino slot machines are regulated by the gaming commission, but in this proposed bill it would be regulated by the lottery commission, which has no experience with slot machines or anything like that. So that's also been some of the concern if you're going to go down the path of wanting to discuss legalizing these machines, then they need to be regulated by the same agency. So currently they're illegal? Yes. Okay, so so that's another thing that I think people have a lot of question about. And so then the next question, of course, is, well, why are they there? And why are there so many? And why is no one doing anything about it? Um, and so I think that follows into, you know, the questions that that people have regarding this as well. Because 
you know, if you go into a casino, let's let's say for instance, you take a miner into a casino and you allow the miner to sit down at the slot machine and play the slots. What what could possibly happen as as far as uh, repercussions for that if it was a casino? Well, we we maintain our security staff at the entry points to the casino floor, and we're charged with maintaining and ensuring that no one under the age 21 gets onto the casino floor. If something happens to where a, an individual has a fake ID and gets by one of our security people and we discover them on the gaming floor, we will then turn them over to a gaming commission agent. They'll be removed from the floor and then we'll likely be penalized and fined for allowing that minor on the floor. Yeah, so we, we spend a great deal of time and effort making sure individuals underage don't get on our floors. So there, there are penalties that could, I mean, and pretty hefty penalties, I believe, that could be put into place for the casino uh, for allowing that. Um, and that's the thing that I think is, it's just crazy to me. Like I, I've been in gas stations and I have seen uh, adults with three or four children. I've got pictures on my phone three or four children sitting at the video lottery terminals, you know, playing these games and nobody's doing anything about it. Um, you know, and I have my own, you know, we've talked about this before, but the, you know, I think there, there is a side to gambling that can be problematic to people when it comes to addictions and all of that. And, and there's even protections in the law to some degree for that. And, you know, some of the bills that we've been talking about with, uh, sports betting and all of that, I've, I've kind of been on the side of making sure some of those uh, problem gambling protections are in there and uh, trying to fund that a little bit better than what we have done in the past in Missouri because I think, you know, if we're going to allow it, then I think it's important that we make sure that the right protections are in place. But with the VLTs, it's literally nothing that is there uh, pre- preventing this. And so why is it that law enforcement is not acting on something that is technically illegal. Well, I, I think it's uh, it's unfortunate that law enforcement or local prosecutors aren't taking action because we know that the Gaming Commission uh, has received complaints about a variety of locations around the state, and they are increasing, as you noticed, noted. Those complaints are turned to the Highway Patrol for investigation, and they will do their investigation and turn over their findings to local prosecutors then it's really up to the local prosecutor to take action. And unfortunately, a lot of them are not taking action on on some of these reports that they've gotten from the Ohio Patrol about illegal slot machines being operational in convenience stores. And what we've also seen is, you know, pretty brazen attempts essentially to start what looks like a small casino, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15, 20 machines. And uh, you're seeing that pop up around the state as well. Yeah, I, I had one in my town there for a bit in Joplin. Yeah. I was a little bit concerned about, and I think others were too. Well, and, and you mentioned the the responsible gaming side of this, so we that you only want people to game and responsibly and don't want them to be outside of their means if because we view it as entertainment and uh to your credit, you know, we've had this conversation. You've been very adamant about wanting to make sure people who can't gamble responsibly can get help. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've tried to address that in some of the bills as things have moved forward. Yeah. And I have, you know, we've had this conversation as well. I have my own uh, ethic when it comes to gambling, and that figures into how I have to vote on it. And it's just part of it because it's my conscience. 
Um, but I think it's important that people understand the nuances of this. And I think it's important that people see uh, that there is some dis- disparities on some of these things, especially with VLTs that are out there uh, that also can be very addictive and, and problematic. And again, there's just there's nothing there for it. So how do they get around that? Can you just give a little explainer on how they tr- they try to get around that when it comes to the legal definition? Sure. Uh some of these machines, even though they look and operate like a slot machine, they will they will say that there is no chance that you can lose. They call them no chance games, and uh, it's because you can see what is going to happen to the game that you're about to play, and they tell you what will happen if you'll win or lose. But to get to the next game, you've got to put money in the machine and play. So that's one of the arguments they try to get around. Uh, some of the statutory problems, but our opinion, they're slot machines, they're illegal, and we need to do as much as we can to get them out of those locations. So are there any legal battles over this? I, I, I think I remember reading um, of at least one, maybe several instances of, you know, the companies that own the machines that are, you know, if, if anyone cracks down on it and, and law enforcement or prosecutors do go after it, something that is illegal by the law, then they get sued by these companies and saying, no, you, you know, you can't do this. And so maybe there's some, some fear of, of lawsuits for counties and for prosecutors and all that. Maybe that's a part of it. Is that what you have seen? Yeah, we've, we've seen some of that. And uh, my group has gotten involved in some of the lit- local litigation here in Cole County trying to bring this issue to a head. Uh, we did see one company as well as uh, the company that had these machines located in it Machines were confiscated, taken out of play, and then they turned around and sued the Department of Public Safety and the State Highway Patrol essentially for harassment. And that was a lawsuit that was filed here in Cole County, and uh, it was set to go to trial and then on procedural motions was dismissed. But that case is still active, and we're trying to get that back into Cole County. So there will be a court ruling indicating that these machines are slot machines and therefore illegal. So their view is upholding the law is harassment. You can make that argument, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the lawyers are happy, though, right? It's they, uh, been a little drug at process. Yeah, I could say. So um, what about cities passing local ordinances on VLT? So I just saw, I think this article is actually from yesterday in the Springfield News Leader down in southwest Missouri. Springfield's not too far from me. And uh, the headline on this says, with monetary prize ban, Springfield outlaws video lottery terminals within city limits. Um, and so the article goes on to say that basically the, uh, the city council in Springfield kind of took matters in their own hands and said, well, if the legislature isn't going to act on this, then at least in the city of Springfield, they are. Um, so do you think that other cities will will follow after what Springfield is doing. And then also, I think a question to ask is, does this put cities in jeopardy of, of lawsuits, you know, for the city uh, and from those companies? Are they going to sue them for harassment? Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, profess to know what those companies would do if, if their machines were shut down. But yeah, Springfield did take uh, an interesting position. Uh, and I, compliment them for that. They had filed an ordinance a couple of weeks ago, and then it was voted on on Monday and passed unanimously to make sure that uh, their voice was heard on they don't want these machines operating in Springfield and put penalties on the operation of those machines as, as well as a monetary penalty as they moved forward 
based on the number of machines they have in their location. So, yeah, I mean, a unanimous vote uh, that kind of tends to send the message that uh, you know people are really wanting something done on this, and and that it's probably not really a it's not a partisan issue from what I have seen when it comes to uh, this. It's just some of the stakeholders that are trying to hold on to. Um, you know, the honeypot, I think, <laughs> when it comes to what those machines bring in. Um, but I, I, I'm curious, you know, I wonder if some other cities will kind of follow that or uh, this is something I've actually suggested in our local area uh, when it comes to, but I, I think the, the response that I got in most cases was, well, we kind of want to see other people do it first, right? Nobody wants to be the guinea pig. Yeah. And that's why what's kind of moving forward with the the court case here is I think local prosecutors and maybe communities want to see a final court decision reached. And once that happens, then I think this will start to steamroll, but Mm -hmm. up until then there may be some hesitation, but you know, maybe Springfield gives some of these other communities comfort, especially how strong that vote was that uh, you've got a size community like Springfield taking action like this. Yeah. Well, it's been an interesting topic, um, and I know you know every year they've tried to change some of the things, but the the you know the, I think the main problem is just the fact that uh, you know any one senator has the power to uh, really kill something in the in the process, as you well know. And this year it seems like it could be worse than it's ever been that I've seen anyway. It's an it's an interesting chamber to watch right now. <laughs> it is. I think it's a mess, but. Um, so as a result of the legislature not doing anything on this and not passing anything on sports betting, and this is one of those, you know, catch 22 things that sometimes I try to help people understand, like there may be an issue that I don't really want, or I don't, you know, uh, may, may not agree with, but yet if the legislature in time doesn't act and use the the authority of the legislature to put something in statute regarding that, for instance, uh, recreational use of marijuana, right? I, I wasn't for that, but yet I also saw the problem with it becoming uh, going on the ballot with an initiative petition, and sure enough, it happened with 39 pages of new you know language in our Constitution that included a lot of other, I think, problematic uh, pieces to that issue. Um, and it and it passed, you know. And so now we can't fix that. It's, it would have to go back to, you know. There's very little that the legislature can do once something goes into the constitution. Most of the time, it's going to have to go back to the the vote of the people. Well, if it already passed and passed pretty, uh, you know, by a pretty good margin in in Missouri, then you're not going to you know undo that in most cases. And so this is one of those issues too that I think the inaction of the legislature has now led to where companies and people that stakeholders in the industry are saying, well, it looks like we're going to have to do an initiative petition and put this on the ballot for the people to vote on. So I think there has been initiative petition filed. That's correct. Regarding sports betting. There has been, uh, and it's in circulation right now for signature, uh, but you're right. It would put sports betting into the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, so if there were any drafting issues, it's going to be very problematic trying to go back to the voters to to correct those kind of things. But uh, it's somewhat similar uh, to authorizing the sports betting is what we see in the bills. But there are significant differences. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, it's being circulated. We'll see how well they do on signature gathering, which has to be done by early May. 
so there's enough time to get it certified and on the ballot. Yeah, I, it seems like to me that it's going to be pretty well funded, um, you know, and that it definitely has the uh, a possibility of being a viable initiative petition. What are some of the differences between maybe what some of the bills look like um, and what is going into the language for those petitions? Do you have a few of the yeah, not to get things. too too far down in the weeds, but it's really a number of uh, how many different what we would refer to as skins. How many opportunities are there out there for different entities to have a sports betting license? I see. Like for us, through the casino industry, we're regulated by the Gaming Commission, and that's where those licenses would be regulated. But some of the others given to the teams uh, are not going to be regulated in, in the same way. So I, I think that's one of the more significant mm-hmm. differences between what the bills are working their way through the legislature and what you see circulated by the initiative petition. Um, is the tax uh, levy on that, would it be different as well? Uh, what the, the, the tax are? is the same as some of the legislation okay. out there. It's 10%. There, There is some gaming or there is some revenue allocated for responsible gaming activities to help individuals who, who may have gaming issues. So that is addressed as well. Okay. Yeah, so um, I think that pretty much covers it. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, not that I can think of. I, I appreciate you having me on and no, I, I spending some it. time with you. Yeah, it always helps to have somebody who has a little background and un- understanding of the issue and uh, a little industry expert expertise, you know, when it comes to those things. So uh, always glad to bring somebody on board and, and try to get a little deeper. You know, they're, they're lo- most issues that we – that we deal with in the legislature, we get very little opportunity to to have a little bit longer form content and maybe some context and background to what leads up to the issues that we're dealing with now. Because usually it's some you know reporter sticking a mic in your face and you got thirty seconds you know to explain this issue and it's like I can't really it's know. impossible yeah to it's do. impossible and inevitably I think it leads to misconceptions with the voters out there and our constituents. And so anytime that's why we started the podcast, you know, anytime that we can have a little bit of opportunity to, to put some longer form content and really kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of that. I think it really helps people to, to be better informed. So appreciate you coming on. And, um, with that, we're going to sign off. Just, uh, don't forget, you can go over to Spotify and leave us a review as well as, uh, Apple podcasts and that really helps uh, get the show and get it in front of people. It's really growing. And so uh, thank you guys out there for sharing that. Um, So with that, we'll conclude the episode for this week's Midweek Minute. We'll see you next week.